Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like is a zombie apocalypse even worse? When you consider all of the smoke alarm detectors around the world, then bleeping for battery changes, that would be annoying, wouldn't it? That would drive you insane. If you was the only person left, you heard that all the time. <laughs> beep, 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 everywhere you went. It would draw the zombies to them, though. Yes. That is true. So there's a positive in there. There is. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you, to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre... And just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate belt. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly... The mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather wondered this week why mermaids need those little seashell bras when gravity is not so prominent underwater. Ooh, Welcome to the show, That Ms. is true. Morris. Yeah, hello. Gravity doesn't take so much effect as it underwater with the currents. No, it doesn't. Why are mermaids wearing bras? Also, wish to introduce the mad and crazy <laughs> Michelle Corrie. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle is obsessed with measurements. She has a foot fetish. Welcome oh, to I the so show. I so do not. Michelle. You couldn't, couldn't <laughs> suck a toe. No. No Unless toes. it was in my drink. Unless <laughs> it was in your drink. You have to go to Canada to get yeah. a mummified toe in your drink. You wouldn't do a toe, no? You wouldn't suck on a toe. <sighs> no. Oh, what if, like, you, you got the corn plaster stuck in the back of your mouth. Oh, Something like that. 
This is Series 2, Episode 117. The number 117 lures sailors to the rocks by singing and uses a smoke detector to tell when his dinner's ready. If you fall in the Philippines, pass out in Portugal or swoon in Switzerland, then you need to dial 117 for the emergency services, which leads us nicely to the first ever Philippines, Portugal or Switzerland MQTA quiz. And possibly the last. Points to be had straight away. We've barely got started. There's points to be won. Getting them in early. In this country, it is illegal to name your child UFO. You have a choice, Philippines, Portugal, or Switzerland. Portugal. You're going with Portugal, Miss mm-hmm. Morris. Switzerland. The name is Ovnis. Ovnis means UFO in Portuguese, Miss Morris. Nice, Heather. Reaffirms the fact that I think she's cheating <laughs> regularly on the show by scoring two. Because that is Portugal. Foreigners account for 23% of this country's entire population. Portugal, Switzerland, or the Philippines? Switzerland. Portugal. It is Switzerland again. Heather! Heather! Nice! Who knew? Unbelievable! (laughs) Remarkable! Eight million people in Switzerland are in fact foreigners. If you think about it, they're landlocked by about nine other countries and it's where you're passing through isn't it and then you get a tax haven there as well as much as it begrudges me to do so miss morris I has now scored yeah of course you mm-hmm. did we were just talking about that and the capital of switzerland would be cheese absolutely and the capital of france is fries fries <laughs> and yet you've scored four points <laughs> this country has built nuclear bunkers to house its entire Population. Portugal, Switzerland, or the Philippines? Portugal. Switzerland. Michelle has scored (laughs) two points. It is indeed Switzerland. I get the Swiss flag muddled up with the Danish flag. That makes the Swiss a little cross. Oh, man. It is illegal to pee in the sea in this country. The Philippines. The Philippines. Yes. I also think it is the Philippines. Why would that not be Switzerland? Because you just said they were landlocked. (laughs) Yes, they do not have. (laughs) I failed terribly in a round Switzerland yacht race once. It is Portugal. (gasps) No. Points all. Did you get Portugal? You no, said the Philippines. I said the Philippines. Well, you've both lost, unfortunately. If you're in Portugal, I don't know how they enforce these laws. Do they have, like, the pee police on the beach or something? Yeah. You're not allowed. <laughs> the pee police. <laughs> nice. Isn't that a Radiohead song? I think it is. If it's not, it needs to be one. This country sends over 142 billion text messages a year and has been called the texting capital of the world. I will go with the Philippines again. Look at you. I can <sighs> see the sweat. You never, you never worked this hard for your exams, did you, at no, school? No, those were easy. Um, You've got Portugal, Switzerland. Uh, Portugal. You're going with Portugal. It is the Philippines. Philippines. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Again, they are the texting capital of the world, apparently. They send more texts than anyone else. How has Miss Morris scored six? How is this even possible? I've been keeping my notes under lock and key now as well. Just yeah, before well. the show, before I squeeze my lemon. Because an hour is a long time to go for an elderly gentleman like myself who drinks a lot of tea. I keep everything under lock and key now. Mm. It's remarkable. The elderly, the disabled, and the pregnant 
have their own lines for banks, taxis, restaurants, and buses in this country. Switzerland? Yep, Switzerland. It is the Philippines. Oh, no! Oh. I should have got it. In this part of America, most women would spend their entire adult life jumping lines, wouldn't they? Yeah. In fact, they would get pregnant just to get to the restaurant first. Yeah. I might try that. Do you know you can get those suits that make you look pregnant? Next time at the bank, I might pretend I'm in my third trimester or I have a love of fried foods and chocolate and I'm going to see if I can get to the front quicker. Do you it think I'll get sense. away with it? Yeah, I bet you will. I don't know what got into me. It's terrible. <laughs> the Swiss, of course, are famous for Swiss chocolate. Portugal is famous for port and the Philippines is famous for the Philly cheesesteak, apparently. Oh. I've got nothing to back that up. That would make sense. So at the end of our first round of Switzerland, Portugal and the Philippines, which I'm guessing will never happen again, <laughs> Michelle scored two. I'm yet to score and Heather has run away into a cheating lead of six. Very nice. Very nice. We're going all around the world. Very multinational show tonight. Oh, good. good. In Italy, 117 often replaces 17 because 17 is considered an unlucky number. I find that hard to believe. 17's my lucky number. Obviously, I have no Italian heritage or blood then for that case. I guarantee if you're playing bingo, 17 will always come up. When you watch the National Lottery, there will always be 17. Hmm. But in Italy, they replace the number with 117. So you go 15, 16, 117, 18, 19, 20. Makes sense to me. This is true. When the French Renault car was exported to Italy, it was renamed from the R17 to the R-117. I went to a family dinner on a Sunday in Italy once, but I think they were in the Mafia because I was served a broken leg of lamb. This is true enough. I went to a costume party, dressed like a small island, and everyone said, don't be so silly. Back to Rome and the Vatican. Psalm 117 is the exact middle of the King James Bible. If you held the King James Bible in your hand, Miss Morris... You would go up in a ball of flames and we'd, that is need a, true. we'd need a fire blanket. That's true. It'd be a hazard in this small airtight studio, wouldn't it? But if you hold the King James Bible in your hand, find the middle, let it fall open, you will find Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations, all you peoples, for great is his love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. That's the shortest chapter in the Bible as well, I might add. Two verses is Psalm 117. Which word is used 117 times in the Old Testament Bible? I will give you some clues. Again, points to be won. 117 times this word is used in the Old Testament. You have the word donkey, Sabbath, wine. Wine. Capital of France, of course, is wine. We all know that to be true. No, it's fries. Oh, my mistake. (laughs) It used to be wine, yeah. but then they changed it when we went over to metric, which is mentioned 117 times. You've got time to go through the Old Testament if you want to read that and have a look. Donkey, Sabbath, or wine? I would have to go with wine. Wine. Of course you do. (laughs) What else? If Michelle goes with donkey, everyone's happy. I'll say Sabbath. It is Sabbath. Michelle is winning some points. Donkey, if you're interested. Sabbath is mentioned 117 times, but it's the lowest of all of those. Wine is mentioned 130 times in the Old Testament. Donkey, a whopping great, 436 times. Now, if you're interested and you want to cause an argument, guess how many times the word woman is mentioned? Five. Five. That many? 
Wow. <laughs> donkeys have entire books written after them. There was a moment where a donkey turned around and talked. Do you remember? Yes. He was being beaten. Mm-hmm. Donkeys are very important animals in the Old Testament. And also the word ass. I mean, that you combine the two sure. for that particular word. But women or woman is mentioned 382 times, which is quite a lot less than donkey at 436. Mm. You can draw your own conclusions. Now, talking of all nations of the world, we have our mailbag. Favourite part of the show Alva, our regular listener Wants clarification for the rules Of the Bell Bunk and Snort Drinking game Hi Alva Hello Are there rules? Do we have rules? Yes We don't have any rules I just can't live by them No, we we recognise that fact Every week in the studio (laughs) He points out Does bunk count? By the way, for those that haven't listened before We have a bell Yep Regularly, stories I read out Miss Morris will shout out the word bunk. And if Michelle laughs too much, we hear that. That's my mother <laughs> snoring distantly in the room next door. So we have, I have the bell bunk and snort drinking game. If any of those things happen at any time during tonight's show, there are people all around the world in 190 countries that will be taking a shot at yep. that very moment in time. So the rules do need to be clarified. So amongst the three of us now, Alvis says, does bunk count if anyone other... The Miss Morris says it. No. So this is solely because during the course of a show, there's a lot of bunk. It can be. It can be. We can be Usually swimming. from that end Swimming over there. in bunk. There's more bunk than you could possibly manage. <laughs> there's bunk on everything you touch, and before you know it, you're drunk. So we're going to go with Miss Morris has to say the words. Bunk. Does that count now, though? Sure. Okay. Well, you can have a drink now. <laughs> Do other versions of the word count as well? I can't think of what I haven't got a no. th- if I had a thesaurus, what would what would variations of bunk be? Bunkdacious. Tosh Tosh and Bunkum, that's a rum go. That's an utter fig. My giddy aunt. Sorry, I'm learning English from a nineteen twenties phrase book, my apologies. <laughs> no more bunk. No more bunk. It has to be bunk and nothing but the bunk. So help mm-hmm. me God. If bunk is mentioned more than once on the same story, because I think we're probably about twelve or fifteen deep in bunk right now. Oh yeah. So yeah. If it's mentioned more than once in the same story, he wants to know, does that count? Yes. So if we've said 50, you can't be drinking 15 shots in the course of a minute. You wouldn't be able to charge your glasses. But Miss Morris is making the rules, apparently. He says, like, if Adrian sings, take the last train to Bunksville and I'll meet you at the station. I'll bunk you at the station. (laughs) Well, if people wish to write to Miss Corrie. I know that most of the prison population of America is currently writing to her. Thanks, guys. And some women. Yes. Hey he girls. also says he wants 112.37 points for finishing a whole bottle of vodka last week. Nice. With diet grape pop. Good job, Alba. Way to go. You make me proud. Midnight in the desert after this show just doesn't happen for Alva, apparently. <laughs> is that a drink? Grape, diet grape pop. Sure. And vodka. Is that got a it name? It is now. Can we call that a grodka? An Alva. An Alva grodka, please. <laughs> it's an Alva. On the rocks. There, mm-hmm. You're inventing your own drinks. Welcome to more Vodka Than Answers with your host, Adrian Lee. This is the only paranormal news drinking game anywhere <laughs> in the world. Yay! We must remember, of Proud course, of that. We'll give a shout out to Martin, our regular listener Hi, Martin. in New Hello. York, because he actually invented the Bell Bunk and Snow drinking game. So I'm hoping those rules sit well with him on his shoulders. He was the founder and inventor yep. of the Bell Bunk and yes. Snow mm-hmm. drinking game. By the way, he's created an amazing online auctions site. Awesome. If you get a chance. Oh, Martin's online auctions on Facebook. There's everything on there from the Living Dead dolls 
to 80s metal concert t-shirts, the unusual, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Go and have a look at what is morbidly fascinating. Yes. These items are just a couple of clicks away from... You bought some things, right, Heather? Owning. Yep. This is true. Remember Martin's online auctions on Facebook. You've already shown good taste by listening to MQTA. Now you can surround yourself with good taste as well. And he invented the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game. Michelle in New York, another regular... Hi, Michelle. Hello. Regular listener posted, love the show, keep it coming. You've still got it. Did we have it? Do I ever remember having it? No. Your Alzheimer's is kicking in. There we go. This is more questions than answers. (laughs) She says, can I get four points? What is it this week with everyone wanting points? They want to win. Yeah. Well, we can do that. I can give Michelle four points for listening in New York. Jonas, our regular listener in California, has written. Hi, Jonas. Yes. More questions than answers. Replay. Spending my lunch hour with Adrian, Heather, and Michelle. That would nice. be fun, wouldn't it? We could sit there with a sandwich yep. in the Californian sun, mm. drinking a, a Grodka. Yes, an Elva. An Elva Grodka. Watching the Pacific Ocean rolling mm. in. Mm-hmm. Worst things to do, isn't there? There is. Than listening to repeats of our show in California with a Grodka. He's listening as well on SoundCloud. If you go to soundcloud.com, all of our shows are archived over the last four years. You can listen to them back to back. You can listen to them in the car, in the gym, walking the dog, mm-hmm. in the garage, doing your homework, anything you wish. We're there for you. It's all free. It'll always be free, of course. But if you're listening on SoundCloud right now to the archives, why don't you press the little orange love heart and show us how much you love the show. And remember, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes at the top of the hour when we go off air. We stay in the studio. We read out the stories from around the world that are laden with filth, dirty, innuendo, dirty, dirty. naughtiness. Do you know there'll be some Mm. people in prison just listening back to you two ladies saying you listen to the word dirty. Dirty. Now say filthy. Filthy. Well, I'm done for the night. I'll uh, let you get on with that. But if you get a chance, you can go to soundcloud.com, <laughs> iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Our archives are there. Search for MQTA Radio, and we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show, which is everyone's favourite round, but we can't read that out on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine. All of our stories from tonight, all of the messages that we just read out, all of the letters, all of the fun, the shenanigans, the jokes, the cartoons, everything that's spooky... Everything that's cryptozoological, UFOs, the whole works, is on our Facebook site. Mm-hmm. More questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, where we currently have 5,800 followers. And you can join us on Twitter as well. At Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, T-I-P-S. We have 96,000 followers on Twitter. Wow. And if you're listening in the archives at the moment, why aren't you listening to us first at 8pm Central Time on a Friday with everybody else? If you go to the Dark Matter digitalnetwork.com that's 8pm central on a Friday night if you're looking for a great summer read if you're looking for spookiness hauntings urban legends my latest book mysterious midwest unwrapping urban legends and ghostly tales from the dead is available on Amazon and every single person on there has given me a five-star review, so thank you to all of those people. Mm-hmm. It has a forward written by Grammy Award-winning bassist of Megadeth, David Ellison. So if you get a chance and you're looking for a haunting summer read, that is the book for you. Now, this show is a cause for celebration. 
I don't know if anyone has realised this. This is a milestone. This marks a moment in time, a moment of reflection. We almost need a pause for thought. Not because of Michelle's uncontrollable snorting. <laughs> Not because of Heather's outright in-your-face blatant cheating and use of the word bunk. What? Not because of my razor wits and repartee. Oh, no, good sirs and madam. Today is our 150th show. Yay! Yay! Can you believe such things? Where's the cake? Yeah, so we here, need, well, I want cake. I'm trying to help you. So here, <laughs> for the one and only time in the history of MQTA, remember to breathe, is the 150th MQTA anniversary quiz. Oh, boy. Oh, good. This is the theme of 150. Still can't believe it. 150. 150. Shows quite remarkable. And all of them available on SoundCloud.com. The gestation period of which animal is 150 days? And I will give you a days. clue. It's a ruminant. 150 days. Give me an animal. A ruminant? A ruminant. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to say a pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's self-explanatory then, isn't it? A cow. It is a goat. You can't give these oh, points. Oh, I love goats. You can't get, I like those ones that you can clap and chase and they just fall Fainting over. Fainting goat. With I love them up. too. That's a genetic defect, you know. Goats with genetic defects. I don't defects. mind. You'd have no end of fun when you're all day long. I just want to scare it once. I want a goat, but my mom said if I get one, I'm out of the will. Uh, better in totally a worth world. it. I've seen what your mom owns. I'd go for that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what do people check? On average, 150 times a day. And I'm going to give you some clues now on the back mm. of the fact that Heather thinks a pig is a ruminant. <laughs> uh, this could be your appearance. 150 times a day. Your appearance, your cell phone, or the naughty areas on the opposite sex. I would have to say naughties. Your naughty areas on the opposite sex you look at 150 times a day. Or more. Oh, opposite <laughs> more. Hey. Wow. <laughs> Look at the way she's eyeing you up. my shirt on. She's looking at you the same way a dog looks at a pork chop. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what are you going to go with, Michelle? Naughty bits. It's the naughty bits. It's actually cell phone. Oh. People look at their cell phones. I would have thought more. Average, yeah. 150 times. That's quite a lot, I thought. 150 times a day. If you were that per hour, and people have to sleep, of course, that would be ridiculous. Queen Elizabeth I had 150 of these. Are we Swans. looking at... Well, strangely enough, that's not one of your options. But if you want to stick to that, you go for it. Your choices. It's seven, Heather. Your choices are servants, wigs, lovers, or knickers. She had 140 of these. 150, even. She lost 10 in the river. Oh, then it's got to be lovers. She lost 10 lovers in a river. That was a tragic boat accident, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. That was some party. Wasn't it just? Yes. Yeah. I'm going with lovers. You're going to go with 100. She had 150 lovers. That would have kept her busy. Why Don't not? Don't let the fact that she was called the Virgin Queen deter you in your answers. Well, then she wouldn't need the knickers, would she? Knickers, so I'm going to go Knickers with... weren't invented. They never even had them back then. You said it. Yes, but it was a trick question. It's a trick. Oh. See where we're going? Well, you can go with lovers and knickers, and you'll no, be wrong on both. No, I'm not. Well, I'm going to go with wigs. Wigs. I was always going to go with you wigs. Of course you were. <laughs> Points all round. Hurrah. Yay. 
<laughs> it was in fact wigs. She had 150 of them. That puts Heather into eight points and Michelle's on six. Elva's got 112.37 and Michelle in New York has scored a very resplendent four points. Nice. Well, we're feeling very blessed and very lucky, aren't we, Heather, tonight? We have guests with us in the studio. We don't often have guests. No, we don't. So we're very lucky. They found us. We've tried to hide. Mm-hmm. We've hidden the address. Not very well. Not very well. But we've been found. Yes. But we are very lucky. We have with us tonight, and this is a first, and we're looking to do this more often throughout the shows coming up in the future. We have Brian Sterling Vita. He is an award-winning broadcaster. He used to work for the BBC. He's been mm-hmm. involved in many film productions over the years. Author. Yeah. Paranormal investigator. Also English. <laughs> yes. We now have two Englishmen in the room. It's scary. He's from Manchester, though, so we don't talk to him. He's from a different part of the country. Does that really count, being from Manchester? <laughs> I know. Welcome to the show, Brian. It's fabulous to have you here. Oh, thank you for letting us be here. It's wonderful. We've got some amazing stories we're going to share with you. I know our listeners really like when we talk about our investigations and we talk about all of the ghosts and the spooky paranormal mm. goings on. So we've got a fabulous opportunity here. We're going to share with you. This is a first on MQTA Radio. We're going to share the stories. We've got a link to a haunted pub in Cornwall in the southwest corner of England. Yeah. And we've got another gentleman. There'll be three of us in the room. Another Brian. Another Brian, just to make life easy. The man with two <laughs> Brians. There you go. This is making life easier for me. You know that. We also have with us, by Jove, that's not the end. No. Nope. We have more than one. We do. Who knew such things? Mm-hmm. We have Helen Wario with us. She's an author and jury designer. Would you like to say hello, Helen? Hello. <laughs> She's bringing some equilibrium to the studio because she is... American. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say she's another woman. Yay! She keeps us, she keeps us in check, doesn't she? I mean, a certain women do. I never had grey hair till I started meeting American women. Do you know that? And when Brian's bald. Brian has <laughs> hair. Listen, I married Helen a year ago. I had hair. I noticed the picture about six months later. At the back of my head, a ball patch. So I shaved my head. I think, you know what? Six months in, she sent me bald. Hey. What about, what about the... Oh, <laughs> demonic entities coming through. That's the dog, I'm guessing. The dog, the dog is responding. <laughs> Take the dog out and shoot it there, Brian. And we'll... <laughs> Either that or you've opened the gates of Hades and we've caught it on air. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was Helen actually making one of her dirty phone calls. We've raised Satan live on the show for you, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Do a sound check, please, Satan. Thank you. Yes. Could you tell us, do we still have sandwiches in hell? Do we get a buffet? Is that possible? I just... So, Brian, you're here tonight to tell us about your experiences. You went back to Britain. Tell me a little bit about where you actually went to start with, because you've got a love affair with Cornwall. This is a very old part of the country, lots of history. So for our listeners all over the world, give me a flavour of what Cornwall's like and where that is. Well, absolutely. had a love affair with Cornwall for many years. I've been going there probably every other year since I was a young child. Uh, and the reason we went back uh, last year was because it was our honeymoon. I met Helen. And uh, on the second date, she invites me into her house oh, I see to show me her, yeah. her bodybuilding product. She was entering a, a bodybuilding contest. And, I often uh, say to women, would you like to come back to the house and see my bodybuilding products? Well, she said, do you want to see my vitamins? I thought, well, that's an unusual line, so I'll give that one a go. It really was, and, just to yeah. show you my vitamins. Yeah, play with my dumbbells. Well, I've never heard that one before. But, uh. This is what happens when two Englishmen get into a room. Yeah, see how the standard of the show uh, just drops dramatically. Yes. So anyway, I, I, I go in, I'm sort of being very respectful, and she's very keen to show me these supplements she's taking for the bodybuilding show that she's 
competing in and I'm transfixed by two pictures on her wall and she's talking away and I say Helen why do you have my holiday village on your wall and she says holiday village no she said I've had those pictures since I was a young child my mother bought them when I lived in North Pole yes there is a place North Pole Alaska when she was a, a teenager and her mother bought these pictures from a traveling salesperson and she's had them all her life her mother gave them to her um, she's kept them and she told me that she fantasized, didn't you, about being there? Right. I would always dream of walking the streets of this little fantasy village and I did not think it was a real place until I met Brian. So I turned around and said, well, this is Paul Perro. She, so she immediately Googles this. And said, of course, it's Paul Perro. And anyway, when we got married, it was natural to go to Paul Perro for our honeymoon. And we fell in love with the place, of course. I already loved it in Helen. And it's like walking into a picture. It is the most beautiful place on earth. These are old smuggling towns. You could imagine the lanterns, the the red coats on the beach. These are cobbled streets. I mean, these are really old buildings, lots of history. We're talking about Poldark here. It's straight out of Poldark. It really is. People know that. That's a very famous 1970s TV show that pulled millions of viewers. Cornwall is is rich in history. It's got so many great places to to see and visit. And in Polpero, the average house in, in the center of the village is probably four or five hundred years old so by american standards they're ancient home of the cornish pasty indeed if you don't know what a cornish pasty is this is traditional english food you need to go and look that up that makes me homesick now i feel homesick (laughs) i'm gonna have to go and make one well i'll tell you the food though is fabulous which is what what took us to the old millhouse pub right so this is a very old pub and we're going to talk to brian morgan who runs that pub we'll chat to him in a second we've got him via modern technology we have him on the line but just set this up for us you walked into the pub well, we were asking around the village where's great to eat and people say the old mill house it's, it's it's right in the heart right by the little stream that runs in the center of pole power and it's charming uh we we went in we were immediately captivated by the place it's it's just beautiful and we sat there and enjoying a drink chatting to the locals and uh, and then this gentleman comes up turns out to be the landlord said would you mind sort of moving to this area because we have some um, entertainment coming in so okay we moved and we had the most magical evening it was the Polpero Wreckers they sing there every Wednesday and we had enjoyed a wonderful meal it's fantastic so you, didn't, you didn't go there with an idea that you're going to investigate this building absolutely it came, not. It came to you it came to us, came to us. Yeah. we chatted with Brian and that's how we discovered that the place had a paranormal history well let's chat to Brian again via modern technology who knew such things we've got two cocoa cans and a really long piece of string that's 4,000 miles long so Brian if you're there in Cornwall can you pull the string really tightly for me so we can chat with one another I'm going to introduce Brian Morgan he's the landlord the owner of the old mill house in Paul Perro. Can you hear me there, sir? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, welcome to the show. More questions than answers. We now have three Englishmen. This is a joy, isn't it? That's a gaggle. Definitely, definitely. It's great to be there. A gaggle of Englishmen. A Cornishman, a Mancurian, and a guy from East London. What what could possibly go wrong? What kind of shenanigans and trouble could we Don't possibly go there? Possibly get into? Are you from Cornwall, sir? Is that the area you're actually born and, and raised? No, I'm from Birmingham, which is kind of in the centre of England. So there we go. I'm, uh, I've moved down to Cornwall. You're a Brummie. Now you say that, I can hear a little bit of a Brummie accent there in your in your accent. Tell me about the pub. You're the mayor, by the way. You're the local mayor as well. So everything that Brian tells me here, you know, you have to bear in mind that he's a very professional gentleman running an amazing business, well respected in the town to the point where he's the mayor. But tell me how old the pub is. There'll be people in America and around the world that have no concept of what an English pub 
looks like or feels like. So give me a bit of context. Tell me about the history of the building, what it looks like and, and where it dates from, if you'd be so kind. Well, it's uh, an 1800s kind of building, uh, partially wood, partially slate. Um, as you, you mentioned Poldark earlier, it, you know, if people have a look at that programme, we're straight out of Poldark. The whole village is kind of Poldark-esque, if you like. How long have you owned the pub? Have you been there a while? We've been here for about 13 months now. So what happened first in terms of paranormal activity? What, what point did you suddenly think to yourself, hang on a second, I think we may have a haunted building there. What gave you the first indications of that? Uh, we've had a few things move about, um, a few books jump off shelves, um, all sorts, just lots of little things, lots of little things, mostly that I'd never really paid much attention to. Uh, my wife took an interest in that, but I didn't really, didn't take too much interest in it until we had the event that um, the video shows on the bar. Were you a person who was a non-believer that suddenly now starts to think to themselves, ah, there might be something in this, or did you think that ghosts existed? Yeah, I was definitely a non-believer, really. Um, Only because I don't really think about it too much. Um, It's not something I particularly understand, and I really didn't um, dwell on things too much, really. Where are you now with this? Are you sort of now thinking there might be something here? Has it started to change your way of thinking, or are you just too busy working while the ghosts are throwing (laughs) things at you around the pub? Well, we are quite busy, but um, I can't explain what you see on the video, and that's really where I'm at with it at the moment. Um, It definitely happened, definitely something. There has been things happened in that area, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you can't explain what's going on, by default, that's paranormal. That's stuff that's happening behind the scenes that science can't explain. So the term yeah. paranormal doesn't necessarily need to have ghosts attached to it. It's just things that science can't explain that are outside of the norm that you then think to yourself, I don't know why that happened. I don't know why that took place. So what we've got, we've first time we've done this on More Questions Than Answers, if you go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee, we have actually posted this amazing poltergeist activity that was caught on a CCTV camera. So Brian, talk me through what we're going to be looking at. I believe there's three clips that you've recorded over the last 13 months. I think, um, I'm not sure which clips you've actually got there, but um, if it's the one... During where it's a bit lighter and I'm actually there, I'm just clearing up at the end of the night and I just take some nozzles off the beer tap and put them to soak um, on top of the bar at the end. And whilst walking, I'm putting some actual things in the glass washer underneath. And with that, the glass kind of just jumps off the bar for no reason and spills on the floor. As then, I didn't really think much of it and just put it all back up there again. Anyway, we um, finished off the night, locked up. Uh, when we came down in the morning, we found the glass smashed on the floor and another brought up things off shelves on the floor. Uh, so we, we wondered about it and we had a look over the um, CCTV footage and that's what you see in the second video where it's a little bit darker. You can just make out the glass is on the end of the bar in exactly the same place as I put it earlier on in the evening and you see it move first on the bar and then it comes right off the bar and a couple of other things on some shelves underneath uh, come off the bar as well at the same time. If you want, so to, uh, sure how. If you want to see this footage for yourself if you visit our facebook site more questions and answers that is posted on there brian you gave me the footage you showed me would you like to talk people through from a perspective of a paranormal investigator what you're seeing when you see this kind of activity the interesting thing for me was that it all all happens at one end of the bar and the glass didn't tipple off the bar it didn't sort of lose its balance or wasn't badly placed it appeared to be pushed, most definitely. That was one of the most interesting facets of the of the event. Uh, and again, if you look at the uh, other CCTV footage from overnight, everything happens at the same end. There's activity, there's orbs, there are things moving, and as Brian just said, glasses 
things fall off the bar. Things fall onto the floor. So it was a joy seeing Brian's face actually as a non-believer on that piece of footage. I'm sorry to do this to you, Brian, but when you see the glass <laughs> fly off the bar, your, your face is a picture. You've really captured the moment there, haven't you? Yeah. Well, uh, well, it's because the glass smashed in the pub. I did get a, a cheer from some people that were in there as well, and everyone likes to. Uh, wind you up and you break your glass but as it was I wasn't touching it I don't know how it happened so that was even more embarrassing at the time Ryan when when that happened and you were cleaning the beer pumps and the nozzles yeah you appeared to have a customer in front of you because you were talking to somebody who was just out That's of frame right, yeah. there was about there was about three or four people at the other end of the bar kind of underneath where the cameras fixed. so they actually saw this too yeah and what was their reaction um one one of the gentlemen has come back and spoke to me about it since and saw uh, seen the footage um that was shown and he can't explain it either what tends to happen in my experience is when a spirit is throwing glasses off of bars or they're trying to get your attention this is attention getting if spirits want to hurt you they will they'll push you downstairs they'll throw things at you they'll scratch you up um this sounds like somebody trying to get your attention trying to perhaps relay a message or there might be something about the bar or the pub that they're unhappy about and they used to work there or they used to own that so i think you know if we can set this up in the future i know brian's very interested in doing some paranormal investigations there it'd be interesting to see who's actually there and find out what they want to say what they want to um relate to us so if you're happy at some point in the future there brian for a team to come in there and uh find a little bit more information out would that be something you'd be open to yeah that definitely that'd be very interesting that's fantastic brian very briefly can you just again tell me whereabouts your pub is and uh, tell people how fabulous that part of the world is and uh, we'll get people looking that up and trying to get a few people perhaps coming through your door to have a pint and a Cornish pasty. That's brilliant. Um, well, Polpero is probably one of the most beautiful uh, villages in Cornwall, as you said, and it's situated on the south coast of Cornwall. Probably if you're looking on a big map and you want to see it, it's not too far away from Plymouth. It's about 30 miles from Plymouth, which actually is in Devon. So moving into Cornwall, about 30 miles away. But it is probably the most beautiful village. I can't disagree. I spent I spent many uh, years in my youth in a VW camper van surfing all around the Cornwall and Devon coastline. Some of the best surf in the world right there. But that's very kind of you. I appreciate you joining us on MQTA tonight, Brian. That's yeah, very you, kind of you. Mayor, owner of the old mill house in Polpero. And uh, Brian Sterling Vitae, thank you for coming along. Do you want to talk about your book? You have a wondrous book. I've read this book. This is just a joy. Tuxedo Warriors. Tuxedo Warriors, available on Amazon. Yes, it is. It uh, is a fabulous read. You have a background in filmmaking in the 1980s. The people you know astounds me. It's very saucy. It's very There's things in there that I'm is. sure you would not, Helen. Have you read this, Helen? I have read You it. have, and you're still I with it. I have learned a lot of, about Brian reading this book. <laughs> of course you have. This is the hedonistic 1980s, isn't it? Everything happened, and uh, I wrote the book not expecting a future wife to read it. <laughs> <laughs> you need, to, you need to find a psychic mate is what needs to happen <laughs> Helen thank you for being here as well Helen Wario you've, you've got a jewellery um, store haven't you talk about that a little bit where can people see all this amazing jewellery because you find you're, you're in Cornwall there's a link to what you do isn't there if you'd like to explain what you do there in Cornwall right the last time we were in Palpero I discovered the art of sea glass hunting I've decided to make jewellery out of the pieces and they've turned out absolutely amazing. They're gorgeous. They look amazing. Had right. lots of uh, feedback and people love it. You've so. got people from all over the world. All now, over the world, I... from Alaska to <laughs> England, explain, <laughs> all the way to explain, Florida. Explain what sea glass is, because we're, we're a couple of thousand miles from the coast here. So what, what, <laughs> for those people that <laughs> yes. don't know, we have noticed. What is sea 
So sea glass. Sea glass is glass that is washed up onto the shore, and it's been in the ocean seven to ten years or more, and it's been rolled around in the ocean, so it gets a nice frosted look to it. You can't make it. So it's from shipwrecks. It's from bottles that have been thrown into the ocean, and it rolls up onto the sea. So the perfect piece has a nice frosted look to it an element of recycling as well this is the world's biggest tumbler it's called the atlantic exactly. ocean it, yes. it, it works and we base ourselves in polpera there's not that polpera doesn't actually have a big beach so we you don't find much there but we use polpera as the base and go all around cornwall it's got a huge coastline yes. and find the co- the coves and bays where the, there's debris being washed up and um, we scour for sea glass it's time consuming but it's fun it gets us out it gets us walking the coastal paths doesn't it as you can see i've recruited brian to help me with <laughs> yes. my business i am now a believer so where um, can people find this if they want to look at these products where can they go so i have a website it's polperoseaglass.com that's p-o-l-p-e-r-r-o seaglass.com we named it that because we're actually going to move to polpero in our semi-retirement oh no what am i going to do when you're gone well we have a paranormal radio show dying to get out so let's run into the first round that is ghosts and hauntings These are the stories from around the world this week that are laden with spooks and phantoms and ghoulies, apparently. Charlotte Crosby and her boyfriend Stephen Bear have revealed they are living with a poltergeist in a spooky series of Snapchat videos. The 27-year-old reality star shared her fears to her fans via the social media site after a string of ghoulish and unexplained incidents have left her convinced a poltergeist is at play, just like the one in Cornwall, throwing all the glasses around. Throwing them. <sighs> Taken to Snapchat from a plush Spanish apartment while the pair enjoyed a holiday together, Charlotte declared, No word of a lie, this flat is haunted. Spanish ghosts say, Mi gosta. Do you see what I did there? If they like you, <laughs> Mi gosta. Michelle's on board, Michelle gets it. Me we're, telling, we're telling jokes oh. in Spanish. The See? things that have been happening here, she added. We get back and crazy things have happened. Doors are locked. Doors are closed. Latches are open. Has an obsession with doors and windows, this ghost. It's trying to get out. Looking to her ex on the beach, boyfriend, for reassurance, he showed the camera a secure latch in the bathroom ceiling and revealed that ceiling? between the pair taking showers, it had mysteriously flipped itself open this is the press taking pictures of her in the shower they had a skylight i'm guessing with a latch right right and the latch has been thrown with no one else in the bathroom this is the most freakish thing that's happened in here so far it's horrible a spooked out bear confirmed charlotte then announced there's no handle how could anyone have opened that it was dangling open just this big black hole in the ceiling (laughs) hate that one stop stop They also revealed that an empty drinks trolley trolley, had also moved apparently of its own accord around the flat in front of their very eyes. Oh, good. You're just filth. Stop it right there. Filth. Filthy. Filthy. Giving the trolley a shove, Bear revealed that move like that, but without anyone. It moved from here to there and nobody pushed it. It did it on its own. Senior post or senior ghost, you decide. <laughs> Go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers, with Adrian Lee to see the story in full, plus all of the video footage. I shall give myself the first points of the night for me for being informative and a little bit spooky. Mm. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? 
Construction on a new Weatherspoons pub was brought to an eerie standstill when builders dug up a church with a crypt underneath it. Workmen on the new pub had to put down their tools on Thursday after accidentally disturbing human bodies laid to rest. Builders admit they found the discovery spooky. The sight of the new boozer in Gorleston, Norfolk, revealed its hidden secret, a Christian crypt hidden for hundreds of years. Workmen discovered a crypt with at least two burials inside. J.D. Weatherspoon flattened a local car dealership previously on the site, clueless about the Methodist chapel just beneath. A history boffin called to find very unusual in the area. I like the way someone comes up and the word history boffing appears at the bottom of the... A history boffin. Yeah. Has no name. No. But He's I'm, a boffin. I'm a boffing of history, don't you know? He's not boffin. Nice. I barely touched it. <laughs> wow. Building experts are attempting to date the church and crypt. The haunted site has been temporarily abandoned while pub builders try to get an exhumation license to unearth the rotten skeletons. Nice. They've got a theme oh, now. That'll mm-hmm. be a pub with a theme. The rotten skeleton. Nice. I like it. I can see the sign <laughs> I outside. I drink there. <laughs> that sounds like a pirate's film, doesn't it? it? Does. Johnny Depp. Let's go drink in the rotten skeleton. <laughs> wow. I'd shiver your timbers and splice your main brace. Don't worry about that. Oh, my. I'd take Heather on the poop deck as well. Oh, Good here we go. Gorston on sea <laughs> or nothing to see. You decide. These stories are on our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Are we still on air? Have we be taken off yet? Who knows? <laughs> Michelle has scored eight. I am on two. Heather scored double integers and is on ten. Wow. Alva's in the runaway lead with 112.37. And Michelle in New York is still on. Nice. Reasonable four, I believe. Mm-hmm. We move into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and it's hairy beasties. This is a headline I never thought I'd ever read in oh boy. my life. This is a once in a lifetime. Proof, alien baby living inside Kate Middleton's knee. What? Mm-hmm. Knee? Lucky it wasn't hiding anywhere else, really. Alien baby living inside Kate Middleton's knee. Well, we Why could not? Only hope. Kate Middleton has apparently become the host of an alien being. Yes. According to web users. Mm-hmm. As one of the world's most famous women, the Duchess of Cambridge must be used to people critiquing her style, but not in this bizarre fashion. Keen Reddit users have now taken to a whole other level by claiming her knee looks like an alien baby. Do you How have do the body know? parts? Do you have the body parts that look like an alien baby? Anyone? Not that I'm aware of. In your hand, Heather. Oh, and leave my pee alone. She's got a strange stigmata in the palm of her left hand. Yes. What I'm planning to do, Michelle, one day is we'll drug her. We'll put a a Mickey Flynn in her Bloody Mary there. Yeah. And as she's lying on the floor comatose, we'll push it up her arm all the way up to her shoulder and see if we can pop it out her ear. No, I want to just open it up with a scalpel. I'm going to get I a think so, metal Tim's. detector and see what kind of metal it is. You've got an <laughs> implant in the palm of your hand. Ooh. It's very strange and very bizarre. I've seen Minnesotan women at the beach, and some of them are carrying around the Quatermass experiment with them. Oh. So I don't know if that counts or not. Web users made the strange claim after a snap of Classy Kate visiting London's Victoria and Albert Museum was shared on a forum named Babyface Knees. The image shows her knee. But users have pointed out the resemblance to what looks like a freaky alien face with a bulging forehead, eyes, and a small mouth. And they're, <laughs> and they're green. 
No. I made that last bit up. No. I've got nothing to back that up. Commentators claimed the knee looked like a baby alien head, while others said it looked like Casper, the friendly ghost. Others, of course, said it simply looked like a knee. <laughs> I'm going to call the story bunk, can I? And the bell. That's a double shot. And if Michelle snorts, we've scored a hat trick. Go on. You can't do it to order, can you? The snap is the latest in a series of posts about the Duchess's knee that have appeared on the site in the years following her marriage to Prince William. But she's not alone. Oh, no. Living with the affliction with US celebs Selena Gomez and Miley Cyrus having also been snapped having alien knees. That's nice. Alien kneecap or a load of ball? Visit our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee, and you can see Kate Middleton's alien knees for yourself in glorious Technicolor. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the rounds of UFO and cryptozoology? If the truth is out there, it may have just been uncovered by Rob Lowe, of all people. The 53-year-old actor said that while he was filming his new A&E series, The Lowe Files, debuting on August 2nd, he did what no other paranormal investigator or amateur cryptozoologist has done. Research. Oh. Controversial. By the way, before you carry on, mm-hmm. why is it called the low files? Why don't they call it the lowdown? Give, I like the unbelievable. I, I don't know. I'm just, they didn't consult you, I'm sorry. No. Unless there was a show already called the lowdown, but then it'd be spelt with an E on the end. So I oh, don't yeah. believe anyone's ever done that before. They missed a chance there. If they'd have spoken to me, you'd have had a much better name for your show. Brilliant. Well, he's found Bigfoot. I'm pleased. This is good times. We had an incredible encounter with what locals call the Wood Ape. Oh, here we go. Did he take him out on a date again? Do you remember those Wood Apes <laughs> ripping at your trousers with their carny fingers? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> stubby things there. And you can smell it, can't you? Yeah. You can smell the Wood Ape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is in the Ozark Mountains, he told Entertainment Weekly. I'm fully aware that I sound like a crazy Hollywood kook right now. When asked if this encounter was terrifying, Rob said that he thought he wasn't going to survive it. I was lying on the ground, thinking I was going to be killed. By a wood ape. Mm Mm-hmm. There's worse ways to go. There is. I can't think of any at the moment. When I do, (laughs) I'll come back to you. Death by cheese grater would be pretty rough. Oh. That would take a couple of hours, scraping away until you got to something vital. You could be hung upside down with your head in a bucket of soapy frogs. It's all manner. You could have your arms cut off at the elbows and be lowered into a big bath of itching powder. (laughs) There's many, many terrible ways to go, Michelle. Yes, yes. We're 100 miles from the nearest town, Rob said, describing the scene when he came face to face with a creature many have called Sasquatch or Bigfoot. We spent 45 minutes on the most rugged, brutal mountain trails. It's one in the morning. There are a lot of serious former military men with loaded weapons. Now, why he's got this arsenal and soldiers along, I don't know. Well, if they're going to get to Sasquatch, we want to kill it, right? You know, we're just... Well, that's what they're saying, aren't they? You know, look at that Bigfoot over there. Let's shoot it and kill it. That'll be the... That's what aliens will land. They'll introduce themselves to us and then we'll pop them. That's right. In the Appalachian Appalachian Mountains, because it was too close to his honey hole. (laughs) (laughs) Then when something starts approaching our camps, that is defying their orders to stop and their warnings that they were armed. 
As for what happened when Rob met the invader, fans will have to tune into the low files. Specifically, this reveal is shared for the one-hour season finale. However, the rest of the series promises to be worth the watch. Rob and his sons, Matthew and John, investigate an alien base in the ocean, talk to a shaman, and investigate more paranormal events over the nine-episode season. These are really cool, interesting, outrageous, literally unbelievable stories being investigated. If you put Anthony Bourdain in a blender with Scooby-Doo, <laughs> you'd get the tone of this show, Rob says. Sounds like a winner. Without any sense of nepotism there at all. Well, right. Rob Lowe or no go, you decide. Mm. If you visit our Facebook site, more questions and answers. With Adrian Lee, I shall give you... Two points, Michelle, which brings you up to ten. Ooh. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Well, I'm all about telling truthful stories. Yes. Yes. No hint of a bunk anywhere. No. no Integrity bunkage. only. No bunkage to be seen. No. Well, we are a bunk-free zone. We are. I want a sign on the door saying bunk-free zone. I ain't afraid of no bunk. There you Bunking go. makes me feel good. Oh, God. World War II had some of the most bizarre stories from UFOs and secret experiments to paranormal occult forces. With all the weird things we hear about World War II Nazis, this one has got to be among the most bizarre. I can't wait. The Nazis were known for their occult practices, with a special division dedicated to the search of magical artifacts, as I've seen most Hellboy. people know. Yes. Hellboy, yeah. And other paranormal means to win the war. According to shocking claims Hitler had a special division made up of supernatural creatures with incredible power. Werewolves were said to fight alongside the Nazis in World War II, spreading terror among their enemies. There are even accounts of Russian soldiers going into forests to hunt for werewolves. I just think these were hairy Bavarian men that had a few beers. <laughs> they put the uniform on, they push him out first, go on, then it's Stalingrad, get stuck in, boys, Achtung schnell, off they go. Have you seen the men in Bavaria? Wood apes. No. This is what they are. It's true. Werewolves were considered sacred creatures in some folklore, where they serve the purpose of protecting the land. Were there really werewolves roaming around World War II? Perhaps a secret supernatural war that was kept secret the thing is they can only attack you on a full moon right so we'll just have the day off when it's a full moon we'll stick in our trenches we won't go out we'll sit in the tank with the door shut yeah surely a werewolf can only come at you in a full moon you for the other 29 that. days you, you can don't go know that well legend has you believe that that be the truth well how i tell you what we'll go out on a full moon but everyone gets silver <laughs> bullets didn't the ones in Twilight, couldn't they turn whenever they wanted? Yeah, whenever. So you're using that as your yardstick, are you, for facts <laughs> about right. werewolves? So well, that's bound to be true then. See? I watched Young Frankenstein, so I know everything about the novel by Mary Shelley. Of course I do. Mm -hmm. Of course they were interested. I read recently that Hitler invaded and walked into Austria. And they thought Austria and Germany should have been one country anyway. They didn't like the fact they were annexed after the First World War. But as soon as he invaded Austria, I think it was in 37, the first thing he did was send some historians into the museum in Vienna to get the Spear of Destiny, yeah. the spear that's meant mm -hmm. to have killed Jesus on the cross. And you can look all that up. It's there. You can find these things. So he has a background. He in had these. the Ark of the Covenant for a little while. Again, you're using films by... 
Yeah, no, George it's Lucas. true. It's, it's not true. Steven Spielberg films do not count it as historical facts. He had the Holy Grail too. Yeah. There was me wasting my time studying <laughs> history at university. I should have stayed at home and watched 1980s films. You'll be telling me that you found a map with one-eyed Willie. Oh, <laughs> one-eyed Willie. <laughs> I'm sorry. And he had no. a UFO base in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you can't say... By the say secret of the... By the power of, of grace, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Of course it is. <laughs> Well, you leave this show with more than you arrive with, that's don't you? True, We're yeah. running to the round that is the strange and the bizarre because nothing that's happened so far has been remotely strange or remotely bizarre. These are the stories from around the world that are too good not to read out but don't fit easily into any other category. Headlines again you never thought you'd ever read. Pregnant woman arrested for cupcake battery. Uh-huh. A pregnant woman in Florida... Yay! Yay! Was arrested for domestic battery after pelting her brother with frosted cupcakes oh. during a 1.45 a.m. argument Saturday in the family's Vera Beach residence police report. No drinking going on at 1.45 in the morning on a Saturday None. night. Mm-mm. According to cops, Latonya Doughty, 24, was quarrelling with her 30-year-old sibling when the verbal argument escalated. Doherty allegedly picked up frosted cupcakes and threw them at Eddie Yaddo. Cake battery. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. No, you didn't. The cupcakes, an arrest affidavit note, struck Yaddo in the arm and chest. Quick, man down. You get purple hearts in this country for less. Yaddo retaliated by removing frosting off his arms and wiping it in her hair. Now, they're married, apparently, which I think happens in Florida. Oh, yeah, that can happen in the trailer park. In an wow. interview with police, Doherty's mother described her daughter as the initial primary aggressor as she threw cupcakes. But Yaddo's reaction, cops concluded, exceeded a reasonable response in self-defense, prompting officers to arrest him for aggravated battery. So, she throws cupcakes at him. He's covered in frosting. He takes some of the frosting, wipes it in her hair, and he gets arrested. Doherty, who told police that she was about four to six weeks pregnant, was released from jail Saturday evening after posting her $1,000 bond. Yaddo remains locked up in lieu of 10000 bond on the felony charge of battery. While police wow. took note of the blue frosting in Doherty's hair, the cupcakes themselves were not collected as evidence. Because they were eaten. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it was not bread pudding or a bunk cake, because you'd have got life for that. Mm-hmm. Cape Cup War or Total Bore? You decide if you go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers, with Adrian Lee. We now enter the round, which means you have found us in the archive. So well done you for being tech savvy. If you're listening to us at the moment on SoundCloud, why don't you give us a little click there of the orange heart and tell us how much you love the show. Why not share on Facebook what you're currently listening to and share those links with your friends and family this is the round we call not for your mother it's the round we can't read out on air for fear of being removed for fear of getting a fine if your mother's of a nervous disposition if you have small children in the room they need to be removed u.s health authorities have confirmed that a 27 year old jackson man has contracted hiv after catching a blood contaminated ping pong ball in his mouth at a Phuket sex show. Oh, my God. The man was on holiday with friends when they decided to see the show, which is very popular with male tourists. During the show, the performer got the man to volunteer 
and stand back a few meters with his mouth open. Uh-uh. She then launched the ping pong ball from her vagina directly into his mouth. You can actually win a stuffed toy for doing that at the county fair. Did you know that? Oh. A few days later, the young man came down with flu-like symptoms, but he dismissed it, assuming it was just a stomach bug from the local water supply. Upon returning to the US, the man's symptoms continued to worsen to the point where he attended a Jackson Hospital ER. The man was ultimately diagnosed with HIV via blood test during his stay in the hospital. Dr. Mark Fisher from the Baptist Medical Center said the chances of contracting HIV like this are almost a billion to one. Cases where people are infected via the mouth are extremely rare. You would need to have open wounds or ulcers in your mouth and then have fluid containing the virus introduced the victim's name and details of where he attended the show in Thailand have not been released. U.S. Health Director of Communicable Diseases Control Simon Armstrong said people who have recently done something similar in Thailand should seriously consider having a blood test. The U.S. AIDS Council says travellers need to be aware of local conditions when they are having sex or involved in activities where body fluids may be present. Keep your mouth shut or take a ping pong bat with you is their <laughs> advice. Tidy light or running fright. You can decide for yourself if you visit our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Michelle, what have you got mm. for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A rude looking creature filmed pulsating on a brave man's hand has creeped out the internet. Do you often get Yay. pictures like that? A brave man's hand pulsing throbbing, wiggling around. Ew. Normal Friday night. <laughs> All these things Space. happen after the show. In the bath. Once we finished. Mm. I thought you were going to say in the bath. In the bath. Yeah. That I happens to you it. in the bath, does it? Well. <laughs> <laughs> On a good night. Splish splash, she was taking a bath. The bizarre footage shows the mysterious brown sea worm moving across the fella's palm. It begins to inflate its body to give it a phallic shape before the man finally drops it back into its rock pool. Nice. Yeah. Thousands of Instagram users have seen the clip since it was posted, expressing both disgust and amazement. You don't often get those two in the same sentence, do you? Disgust and amazement. It's like things that are salty and sweet, mm -hmm. like nut roll. You don't get them very often. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> Well, I can only speak for me. I can't account for anyone else. <laughs> Not roll. Payday. Um, throw that stuff in molten lava, one horrified viewer wrote. Burn it. Take it home and burn it. <laughs> Another added, it looks like it's just swallowing water. I bet that was super slimy. Nice. Uh, His mother loves him. Mm-hmm. A third was more impressed by the strange worm commenting. Said bring it home. Amazing. I've never seen that before. I had to wiki it. And? Wiki, wiki, wiki. And? What did he wiki it and find out? A wiki, 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 wiki. Wiki, 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 wiki. Still don't know. It's a sea cucumber. Of some <laughs> description. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. I well, don't know. I know nothing about marine invertebrate. Mm. In this area, I am lacking in knowledge. And I don't see that very often. Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. Nice. Let's write it In just it down. a minute. We can look it up. While a fourth was simply disgusted, adding, I thought it was going to be a cute cat or something. Why you got to do this? You've ruined my day. You've ruined it. My life. Mm. The slimy beast was, in fact, a marine spoonworm. 
spoon worm. Which is also known as a Chinese penis fish. I thought you said it was brown. Yeah, so. Okay, I just... <laughs> not that I'm an expert in that area, but... Was it big or small? Were, well, it was in the size... It was in the palm of his hand, but I don't know how big oh. his hands were. It's a grower. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a grower. It's a grower. Yeah. Be a grower, not a shower. <laughs> so what we're doing. Every wrinkle's an inch. Oh, it was picked up by the marine enthusiast in Rockpool, somewhere in San Mateo, California. Marine spoonworm. Mm-hmm. We need to be looking this up. I'm going to post that Wikipedia page on Do our it. Facebook site. It was pretty disgusting. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to marry one, would you? So I'm saying. Depends mm-hmm. on how much money it has. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> We're getting the measure of things right there, aren't we? Is it any good at cooking would be what I'd want mm-hmm. to know. Heather Morris. But you have the last story of the round of not for your mother. Is it a good one? We're going to Florida. Yay! Yay! Florida. A city in Florida is looking to put an end to a mysterious string of cupcakes butt, of butt graffiti. Butt, butt graffiti. Graffiti found on several local landmarks. Oh. Police in St. Petersburg described the strange image of curved lines in the shape of three butt cheeks. Three. As an eyesore after the artist's signature <laughs> appeared on locations throughout downtown, including the local arts center and the YMCA. Why? It's no good doing the actions. No one can see you. This is the medium Every, of there's radio. There's all kinds of people doing it at home with me. I'm sure they're not. <laughs> the bottom line... Is whoever is doing this is destroying property, sent the, said the St. Petersburg Assistant Police Chief Jim something. Nice. Um, is that Scandinavian? <laughs> Prevetaria. Do you think they're doing this for the crack? Oh. oh. They, are, they are marking up the beautiful downtown area of St. Petersburg. The first butt drawing appeared in April, but the Tampa Bay Times reported a clue left near a recent tag may have helped determine the source of the oh, images. A clue. One piece of the butt graffiti was accompanied by the phrase, never fart. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wasn't that, wasn't that the ranch with Michael Jackson? Am I getting... That was Michael Jackson's ranch, wasn't it? Come on, kids, I'm going to take you to nether fart. You wouldn't have to be finished with you. I know that game. And a search of the hashtag ultimately led to the Instagram profile of Jeremy Trevino, who was filled with similar drawings of butts. Oh, I can neither confirm nor deny it. Trevino said when asked if he was responsible for the tags plastered throughout the city, Trevino added he has seen people poorly recreate his original designs and said the artist behind the butt graffiti was likely in it for the laughs or the butt of the joke, whatever. Uh, Part of it is probably just knowing these mature, grown, white-collar people are looking at these lowbrow butts, he said. Lowbrow butts? Lowbrow butts. Is that right next to the thigh brows? I was thinking lowbrow butts. Does was he w- some sort of pioneer from the 1880s. Don't Could go be. over there. That's low brow butts. And he's got a gun and he doesn't like trespassers going near his gold mine. I'm singing fat bottom girls. They make the rocking world go round. Great butter or just wet fart. You decide. <gasps> if you go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. That's a wet one you've got there. I uh, <laughs> 
it was tight at the end, wasn't it? Oh, wow. For a moment, I thought they had the road up outside. <laughs> Jackhammer. My goodness me. Everything was going well until the last, the last few seconds. You're going to have to check yourself now. Do you know that? Oh. This is where we are, is it? This is me four years ago sitting down thinking, I must have a fun and informative, paranormal, serious news quiz show. And this is where we end up. Anyone else want to step in with anything? Oh. Don't catch that in your mouth. You've got HIV. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter with the dead battery. It is a tie with myself and Michelle in New York who didn't get beyond the score of four. Michelle in the studio scored ten. Heather Ooh. in the studio also scored ten. But tonight's resplendent oh. runaway first place winner and the winner of the 33,000 imaginary IR camera <laughs> is Alva who scored 112.37 points and he earned every single one of them. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. And remember, you can now go on to soundcloud.com, search for MQTA Radio, and you will be getting an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in our previous shows in a round called Not For Your Mother, The Things We Can't Read Out on Air. My gratitude and gratitude thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jaton Drainer, Michelle Corrie, Helen Wario, Brian Sterling Vitti, and Brian Morgan, and all in Paul Perro in Cornwall. And the show's sponsors, including Martin's Online Auction, the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group, Frank Zolchek, and Mufon of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested.